Welcome back to Point Blank. Took a week hiatus, but we are back. Hakeem, is this episode number 66? 65. 65, I think. Okay, 65. 65 or 66, I'm not quite sure, but we're going to roll with 65. Thank you so much for rocking with us. If you've already hit that like and subscribe button, thank you so much. If you haven't, please do. If you got a couple of minutes, leave a rate and review. And most importantly, you can also follow us on our social media channels and you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. But obviously it was a pretty big weekend in sports an even bigger weekend coming up. But Akeem, how was your weekend and what did you get up to? Yeah, weekend wasn't too bad. Um, what did I get up to? A uh, couple out and about moves, nothing too crazy. Uh, but for the most part, really just resting a little bit and just locking into some of these fights that's been happening. We've been having some pretty good fights, inc- including what Erica Cruz just took uh, some depths to Amanda Serrano. So, you know, not too bad of a weekend. We got a lot of action-packed things that we're going to discuss. But uh, how was your weekend, Chantel? You didn't have to travel today. So that's always a little bit good when you can sit at sit at home and don't have to get on a plane the next morning. Yeah, I mean, that's always good. Had uh, to work this weekend uh, at Rogers was a really good game, actually. Um, You know, but it's always nice to be able to drive back home after uh, after the game and not at the hotel. Not that the hotel life is bad, but it's always nice to be in the comfort of your home. But lots to get into this weekend. Um, Akeem, let's start off by talking about the gridiron because it's Super Bowl weekend and there's lots to get into. Let's start off by talking about the two quarterbacks that will also be making history to it's the first time two African-American quarterbacks will be starting in the Super Bowl, which is absolutely amazing. Also shows the growth of the position and the game as well. But I mean, it wouldn't really be, you know, a little bit of a debate if we didn't debate those two quarterbacks. Right. If you had to pick between Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, who you rolling with? I'm going to pick Patrick Mahomes. And the reason why I kind of say that is I think Patrick Mahomes is a more complete quarterback. Right. I think. Uh, Jalen is obviously a better rusher, but I think Patrick Mahomes, his arm, we saw what he's been doing on basically uh, one ankle, 1.7% of his ankle, and what he's able to do, right? He can throw, he can scramble a little bit, but as a complete quarterback, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. I think what makes Jalen Hurts so successful, though, uh, is not, yeah, he does, he plays good when he's on the field, but his leadership and how he gets that team to buy in and to all come together. I think that is a key intangible thing. But for me, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. I just think he's the more complete quarterback and under high pressure situations over and over and over again, he's proved that the moment is never too big for him. And it's hard to go against someone who has already won a Super Bowl as well too, who has performed that he knows what it takes to be a champion when that opportunity comes So right now, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. What about you, Chantel? Who would you rather have as your starting quarterback? Well, you said it right there, right? Patrick Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl. He's more proven, even with a high ankle sprain, he's able to get out there and show his toughness. We've seen more of Patrick Mahomes, and that's not a hit to Jalen Hurts because we haven't seen that much of him, right? But what we have seen this season is him elevate his game and 
played very, very well on a very good team. You could argue he has one of the best O-lines in the league, but I love the fact that Jalen Hurts is a dual threat quarterback. You know, he can use his legs and that gives him a little bit more of an edge than other quarterbacks. He's been playing pretty well at being accurate as a quarterback as well. And he's had an MVP-like season. I mean, you could argue argue both of these guys are the MVPs this season. I think Patrick Mahomes will end up winning it. But at the same time, Jalen Hurts has a lot of heart and grit. And I go back to, you know, when he was at Alabama, you know, lost the starting quarterback position to Tua Tagovailoa. Tua goes, gets hurt, and Jalen Hurts comes in, I believe, in the SEC championship game, and they end up winning right? And then he goes over to OU and has an immaculate season there, gets drafted, and everyone's talking about Philly fans are even saying, I don't think he's the quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and they were like, no, he can't be. Like, I have proof. I have it on Twitter. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, Jalen Hurts is killing it, and I'm happy to see him doing that. Um, So I'm going to roll with Patrick Mahomes, but I just think that Jalen Hurts' career has a really bright future. I mean, he's already making it to a Super Bowl, playing on a really good team and playing really well. I think we just need to see a little bit more from Jalen Hurts. He doesn't also have a lot of playoff games on his belt, right? Mm -hmm. Mahomes does. So I'm going to roll with Patrick Mahomes for now um, because he is the more proven quarterback, but I love what I've seen from Jalen Hurts this year, and I'm really excited to see what these two do in the Super Bowl. But let us know if you had to pick between Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Who are you rolling with? All right, now we got to get to our Super Bowl predictions, Akeem. Coming into this one, Kansas City is the underdog by just by a bit. I believe they're, uh, the Eagles are a minus one and a half favorite, but the Kansas City Chiefs are the underdog. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl and how? You know, Chantel, you said something last, last episode about the Philadelphia Eagles. You said they are the most complete team in football right now, and that is hard to like I don't think anyone can really agree with disagree with that based on what they've been able to do right we saw them against San Fran how well Brock Purdy has played all year but that was also the first game where I was like yeah this man doesn't want any parts of this game right now he's been getting a hit he had to do some things he did the, the consistent pressure that that he was facing in that before he went out then he had to come back which is a whole different story because if you came back he probably could have came back in the game a lot sooner but that's beside the point but how effective they are, how strong they are defensive-wise, um, it's hard not to think that they don't have everything that it takes to win. Now you go over to the San Francisco or uh, to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and the, the Kelsey's back was hurting him. Mahomes, you weren't sure what was going on with him. Uh, I forgot who's that other running back. Is it is it Pacheo? Something like that, right? The the, the yeah the, for the Kansas City guy runs hard. Guy runs like a track athlete. He runs hard and he's going to have to play a big part as he did last time too, because he was a big spark for them. But when you go into it, Chantel, Patrick Mahomes, he's going to have a great game. I, 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 it's hard for me to, to think that he won't have a great game in big pressure times. He's always had a great game. So if we're going back off history, I'm going to assume he's going to have a great game and he's going to put up some points. Now, I think Jalen Hurts has to play a little better than just good, though. He's yeah. been playing very good football, but I think he needs to have a great game because you can't go into a fourth quarter and you just have the lead, where it's a three-point lead, and you have an offensive weapon like a Kelsey, like a Mahomes, who can make plays down the stretch. And so I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a great game. 
the season for the Eagles have been great. They have been very few mistakes along the way. The question that I have is, right, at some point, right, like one team's got to have a rough day. Is it this weekend? I think it is, Chantel. So that's why I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's 24-27. I just think Patrick Mahomes, I think he's going to play outstanding. And I think uh, Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to do enough to get over the hump this time around. Uh, But so I have Kansas City Chiefs winning 24-27. Chantel, what about you? How do you think this one goes? Rolling with the underdog. I like it, even though they shouldn't really be. Because what? What's up? And, you know, I'm going against, you know, Jalen Hurts was at Alabama. You know, I'm Alabama. I got to cheer for the squad. But this yeah. time around, Chantel, you know, I got to go with where uh, I attended a little bit of schooling in, in Kansas. A little bit. Um, you know what? Um, I, I got to say, though, Alabama kind of did him wrong, though. So, um, you know, what I mean, he didn't he didn't leave on the best of terms. He's not on the best of terms. I'm just joking. I think I think he has love for Alabama. He just had a better opportunity at OU at the time. But listen, when it comes to experience, yeah, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they've been doing it consistently for so long. And the Kansas City Chiefs. When you look at them, they were arguably, you know, the best team out of the AFC. I know a lot of people had the Bills, but guess what? The Bills aren't here and the Kansas City Chiefs are. The Eagles, though, as I mentioned, they do have the most complete team. They have every position stacked. Their defense is stacked. Their secondary has been playing really well. And they had the best defense in the regular season next to the San Francisco 49ers. And they also have the best defense in the postseason. The D-line is nasty, right? They lead the postseason in sacks. Right behind them, though, is Kansas City. I think they have seven. The Eagles have eight. But the Eagles have the better pass rush, and they have the better, at the same time, rush defense. So we know the Chiefs can run the ball. But at the same time, like when they were taking on the Giants, the Eagles held Saquon Barkley to 61 yards, right? Saquon is a better running back, in my opinion. I know that the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to run the ball, but I think in the same sense, like you said, this will be the Eagles' biggest test. And I think they have enough of the pieces on defense to try to contain a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Remember, he's not still 100%. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not to say we saw the Kansas City Chiefs win last game and Patrick Mahomes, you know, rose to the occasion. But I just think the Eagles have all of the pieces right now. Like I said, they have the better pass rush. They have the better rush defense. They have the better O-line. And it's going to come down to which quarterback has the better game. I think Jalen Hurts is also going to be able to use his legs in this one. And throughout the season, we've seen the Eagles be arguably the best team in the league. And I don't think that's going to stop this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to take the Eagles to win this one. I think both of these quarterbacks are going to have to have massive games. But I don't think that... The Kansas City Chiefs running game is going to have the same type of effect that they've had all year because the Eagles run game has been so good. The run defense has been so good all year long. And that was their one like their one thing where people were like that might be their Achilles heel was Mm -hmm. the Eagles uh, rush defense. But at the same time, they've been able to do it this year where they've stepped rose to the occasion and been able to, you know, stop a good run game like the New York Giants have with Saquon Barkley. Like they've been able to do it. So that's why I'm rolling with the Eagles. I think they have the most complete team. I think they have the better O-line, the better defense. And most importantly, I think Jalen Hurts is going to rise to the occasion like he's done all year long. So I'm going to roll with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. 
thoughts. Who are you rolling with on the Super Bowl? Are you rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs? Are you rolling with the Eagles? Are you rolling with the Kiam? Are you rolling with me? Let us know. Drop some comments below. All right. We're going to stick with the gridiron because there is some talk whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to continue on as a Green Bay Packer. Akeem, do you see Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers jersey next season? No, 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 no. I don't, I, I, I don't think he wants to be there. And I think the team is ready to move on from him, right? I think at this point, you know, especially this stage in his career, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers comes with a lot of different things. He comes with some things attached to him, right? I still yeah. remember, <laughs> I still remember when the uh, when he was talking about, you know, uh, when the reporter asked him, you know, have you got the vaccine or have you? He says, yes, I've been immunized. Uh, again, <laughs> I still still never really know what that means, but you know, I. I don't think he's there. I think he sounds to the different team because I think Aaron Rodgers right now is probably at a stage where he's like, man, I probably, I maybe have one or two more good years. I think his arm is always going to be good, but the mentality of being in the game, being in football, practicing in game tapes and all these different things, it can be a lot. And if he does go, which I think he will, it'll be interesting because he's not going to want to go to a team who isn't ready to win right now. Right. So that list kind of chops down and becomes a little bit shorter. You're going to have to pay him money. He maybe won't take a small pay cut, but it just depends. I think, um, you know, is a good possibility. He may even go to the Raiders if they can work that out. Right. I saw Devonte Adam is trying to get yeah. him. Right. And D D Derek Carr at the Pro Bowl skills challenge, which is a whole interesting thing. Uh, you know, he he. He knows his, his time is up there. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is there. I think it's time to go. I think it's time to move past Aaron Rodgers. And I think he's more than ready to it. I don't think he believes the Packers have the weapons needed to win. And I don't think he is trusting his team, the general manager and all of them to put the right pieces around him. And deep down inside, I kind of feel like the Packers are ready to say, you know what, man, we've had enough of this. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a Packer. I think he leaves this season. What about you, Chantel? Do you think the same or do you think different? Oh, he's out. He's, I mean, we've kind of seen this play out for a little while now where Aaron Rodgers, ever since they drafted Jordan Love, this has been the conversation that Aaron Rodgers has been a little bit bitter about it. Now, this season, he seemed a little bit frustrated with his young players yeah. on the squad, but the Green Bay Packers almost made the playoffs. Like they almost made the playoffs, which is pretty impressive considering the season that they had. Aaron Rodgers, though, he's out. And like you mentioned, I think the Raiders are probably his best landing shot because Devontae Adams wants him there. And everyone knows that Derek Carr is gone, right? We kind of knew that as soon as they benched him and they were he removed himself from the team that it was a wrap. The Derek Carr era was over. And as a Raiders fan, I'm like, yo... Okay, like, you know, I I really supported Derek Carr because I don't think it was his fault. Um, he was put in a really tough situation. But at the same time, if they can get someone like Aaron Rodgers, he's already used to playing with Devontae Adams. We know what they can do on the field. I think it's a win-win situation. So I think there's definitely a chance that he goes there. Where else could he possibly go? There's multiple teams that are looking for a quarterback. Um, you know, I think Pittsburgh could be a team where he slides in there and is absolutely phenomenal because Pittsburgh has the pieces on defense. But I think because Devontae Adams is already in Vegas and they're looking for a quarterback and Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers has been rumored there before. 
I definitely think it's a landing spot. So no, I think Aaron Rodgers' time as a Green Bay Packer is officially done. And every time that he is asked that, he kind of goes around the question and says some stuff that doesn't even make sense. So yes, point blank, would love to know if you also think Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in a Green Bay Packers jersey this upcoming season. Let us know. Drop some comments below. You can also hit us up on our social media platforms. All right, Akeem, a big trade was made. Kyrie Irving is now a Dallas Maverick. What did you think about this trade? And do you think it'll work out with him and Luca? You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Chantel, the fact that Kyrie and KD weren't able to make it happen because I do think their game complements each other. Well, right. KD is one of those guys who's just going to come out. He's just going to hoop, whether he has a fresh cut, whether he has no cut, whether the, whether the beard is trimmed up, whether it's not trimmed up, he just wants to come out and hoop. And there's two things that kind of bother me with this, with this situation. The first one was as this was all coming out and you start to dig into it a little bit more, people were talking about the contract, right? And I thought that the Brooklyn Nets is partially, partially probably because they were annoyed of Kyrie and probably a little petty towards him is the fact that you can't just put someone's money and say, if you don't win, you're not going to get all your money. That's just not the way it works. That's not, that's, that's not, that's not uh, respectable in my opinion, because you don't know how it's not yeah. one player is not going to win a championship. You need a more than just that. So I thought he got a, a bad end of the shake in that point. Now, the other part, Chantel, when you talk about the Mavericks, well, shout out to Mark Cuban, but, you know, if you've seen Shark Tank, you know what a man takes risks. So this is a risk that I'm sure he's very uh, <laughs> yeah. ecstatic about and elated about. Um, the Mavericks, uh, Luca, right? You know, Luca plays a lot of ISO ball. We know he's ball dominant. Kyrie can be the same thing. But the thing with the Mavs where they're both ISO dominating and it could work. I just don't know how it's going to fit ego-wise because Luca is a guy who uh, he's still young, right? But it's still his team. So you, so now you're coming into my team and I'm supposed to share a little bit of the rock with you. I'm out here doing ISO for four to five seconds trying to get the game winner. And now you want to come over and take five to, five to six seconds of ISO away from me. The thing that makes me think <clears throat> it could work a little bit, Chantel, is the fact that they have Jason Kidd. And I think Jason Kidd could be a coach that maybe, if Kyrie respects him enough, might be able to listen. The other part of it, Chantel, is one where I think, well, maybe this is just a middle team between Kyrie going to the Lakers when he becomes unrestricted free agent at the end, right? Maybe that's part of it too. So for this, I don't know what to think of the trade yet. I don't know if it's going to work until we see it playing, but I'm just a little disappointed that it had to go this way. But I also do think that whole Brooklyn Nets organization is sick of yeah. Kyrie's period. So yeah. it's one of those breakups that was inevitable. It was going to happen at some point. I feel it just so happened that it came a lot quicker uh, than we probably expected and anticipated. What about you though, Chantel? Uh, did you see any of this coming? The Mavs, even if it was about to be traded, was the Mavs a surprise team for you? And how do you think it will work? No, I don't think the Mavs were a surprise team because it was like rumored in the offseason when all that drama was going on that maybe Kyrie wanted to get traded, you know, KD wanted out, and there were rumors that Mark Cuban wanted Kyrie and Luka to be teamed up together. So I'm not totally surprised. 
I'm happy he didn't go to the Lakers. I'm just going to be real with you because I just don't want Kyrie to always have his way that not, not, no, this, this has nothing to do with Kyrie having his way. I don't want Kyrie to always have the saying, well, he won it with LeBron or he couldn't do it without LeBron because the fact of the matter is LeBron couldn't have done it without him. He dropped 40 points in how many of those games against that finals against the Warriors Right. People forget about that. People don't give Kyrie credit and say LeBron did it all by himself. That's a whole nother argument that I we don't have time to get to. Um, but I don't think Kyrie gets enough credit. Listen, at the same time, like I get that the Nets are tired of Kyrie. I understand a lot of people are not Kyrie fans, but at the same time, Kyrie wasn't treated in a nice way by the Nets either. Right. There's really three sides to a story. What happened with the Brooklyn Nets? What happened with Kyrie and the truth? And we don't know all of it. And I think Kyrie wanted out and he wanted a fresh start. And there's nothing wrong with that. Brooklyn was tired of him. I hate how it ended with him and KD. I also think there's a chance that KD might get traded as well. Because now at this point, do they just break it apart? I know there was a, I know there was a report that they're going to try to build still with KD. But I think there's a chance that they end up breaking it all down and move KD as well. Um, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. Him and Luca. Will it work? They're both ball dominant. But as you remember, when James Harden came to the Nets, Kyrie moved to the two and he was going to let James Harden do his thing. I think that was the biggest mistake that the Nets made was giving up so much for James Harden and how James Harden left there. I think that was the biggest mistake they made. I don't think it was ever signing Kyrie or KD. Kyrie did his thing, but at the same time, him and Luka is going to be really interesting. You mentioned Jason Kidd. If there's one guy that's not going to take it, like, it's not going to take nothing. It's going to be J-Kid. Like, he's not going to take any of that stuff from Kyrie. And I think this is going to be a very good coach for him. Yeah. Do I think it's going to work? I think it adds another piece to the Mavs. And that's what the Mavs kind of needed. I think they'll be able to play together because Kyrie was able to, you know, take a kind of a backseat James Harden and give him the rock to kind of be the main guy, the main ball handler, because he's so ball dominant. I still think Luca is going to be that guy, but this gives Dallas another option, right? Because Luca's hurt right now as well, but this gives Dallas another scoring option. We know that Kyrie can go off and have a monster game. They also have a Christian Wood. Yeah, they gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, but this is a really good team. Do I think they're going to go all the way to the NBA Finals? No, because I don't think Dallas still has all of the pieces. And I'm also thinking that maybe they're not done yet making trades. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I don't think they're done making moves yet, but I'm just happy that he didn't go to the Lakers because if Kyrie goes there and wins one again with LeBron, it's just going to be like, well, LeBron did it again and he's not going to get any credit for it. So that's what I don't want. Obviously, as you can see, I, I am a Kyrie fan, man. You know, I might not always agree with the things that he does, but I I definitely am excited to see him play alongside Mm -hmm. Luca. And I do think that they're going to be more of a threat because now there's two superstars on this team that can get 40 easy, Mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, they're walking 40 buckets. And I don't think, I think people want to make Kyrie out to be like this egotistical maniac, but I don't think he is. I think Kyrie's probably a good guy, like, like off the court. But I just think like, I think there's two blames to it, as you just said, right? You said there's three parts of the story. I think they're both to blame for it because I don't think the Nets organization have been kind or the best to Kyrie, right? Because some of the stipulations that he, that they wanted him to do to get back after he made those comments, he was like jumping through. a. That was wild. But at the same time, Kyrie doesn't make it easier on himself. 
So from a business standpoint, like I can understand why a team might say, I'm not going to pay you all that money because I don't know week to week what I'm going to get from you. Right. And so I can understand both end, but I think to just say Kyrie is, is the problem. I don't think that's a fair shake at all. No. And everyone's kind of making him out to be like this villain. And I'm not cool with that because the Nets didn't handle the situation in a right way. Here's the thing though. I actually thought the Suns package was good for the Kyrie Irving trade. Did you, did you see that package? I saw it was, it was uh Chris Paul and some picks and who was the other guy? Oh, uh, and Jay Crowder. I actually yeah. would have liked that. I think that would have made KD stay. <laughs> well, yeah. he's going to leave. We don't, we don't know. I, we, we, I, I think we know he's going to leave. Like, I think we both know he's going to get traded. Right. But yeah, I was like, Oh, that's that son's trade was like actually a really good trade that I think kind of would have worked well because I think, you know, Chris Paul has not been injured. He's been dealing with some stuff, but I think that kind of would have been a good fit with KD. So yeah, Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. What do you think about the Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving pairing in the backcourt? Will it work? Or is this just another way for Kyrie Irving to move on to another team after in the offseason? Let us know your comments. Drop them in the YouTube section. Also hit us up on our social media channels. Now, Akeem, we got to stick with the trade deadline. Who's one player or one team that you would really like to see make a move before this trade deadline? Yeah, real quick, Chantel. The one play that comes to mind is uh, John Collins from the Hawks. You know, I think yeah. since Dejounte Murray came, and 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 him, uh, it, it, I don't know if he believes he fits in that system anymore. Right, numbers have been declining a bit, and he's not on the court as much as he was in previous times before. So I would like to see John Collins go to a a different team where his responsibility can be up a little bit more, where he can take some of that crossover into being one of the best players in the league where he can get more playing time and develop his game in real time as he's on the court. I wouldn't mind seeing him going to OKC, you know, teaming up with okay. uh, uh, Shy Gilchrist and see what they could do together. John Collins, he's big. He's 6'9". He's athletic. He's explosive. He can play uh, offensive and defensive side of the ball. I think that would be a good uh, mix for him in his development but with DeJounte Murray there and Trey there and Capella, you know, I, I, I think it's a little bit crowded for him right now, in my opinion. What about you, Chantel? Who, what, what trade would you like to see? Oh, by the way, shout out to Shea Gilgis Alexander, the Canadian, made the all-star team. So shout mm. out to him, got to support the Canadians. I would like to see, and I'm going to stick with the New York Knicks base because I don't miss a game. I would like to see Derek Rose get moved to a contender. Move him to the Clippers. Right, because I don't know what's going on, but obviously John Wall with the Clippers doesn't seem to be working as much. He's injured right now, has an abdominal strain, uh, doesn't have a timetable to come back, but I heard he was on the chopping block. But I think Derrick Rose needs to be moved to a contender or to a team where he's getting playing time because the New York Knicks right now are going with the youth movement, and I'm totally down for that. Like, I love what I've seen from Quentin Grimes, and I love, you know, Miles McBride, Deuce McBride, like, he could be, could be a better shooter. He was hitting buckets against Philly the other night, though. But um, I like the youth movement. Uh, Brunson's been really good, but I think it's time to move Derrick Rose and get him on a team where he can have a chance to win. And at the same time, maybe they do move him, you know, to an L.A. Lakers. I know the Lakers are a contender, but they could use him, right? Mm -hmm. They could definitely use a guy like Derrick Rose. And at the same time, I also think the New York Knicks should probably think about moving Obi Toppin because – He's only playing like what 10 to 15 minutes a game off the bench, and Randall's having a great season. And they can get something for Obi Toppin and also get some pieces. And maybe they can move him to another team like 
the Portland Trailblazers where he can get a run in. Um, you know what I mean? Also, another player I think they should move, Nurkic. I think they need to move Nurkic from the uh, Portland Trailblazers. It's time. You've been saying he, that for a while. It's crazy. You know what? I I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And my sister was like, Nurkic needs to go. Like, he's he, he doesn't fit. And I'm like, he's a really good center. But when you're, you know, that big of a center and you're only having like two points a game, like you're struggling. I got questions. And Portland right now should be better in the standings. And I think it's time to move on for him and maybe get a better piece at center, whether that might be. So those are my picks who I think should be trade before the trade deadline. And as a D Rose fan, I hope he goes somewhere where he can contend for a championship. Point Blake would love to know who you would like to see be moved at the trade deadline. Drop some comments below and you can always hit us up in our YouTube comments as well. All right, Chantel, we've been talking a lot of basketball, a lot of football, but now let's talk a little combat sports. Combat sport we're talking about today is boxing, Chantel. Um, you know, one of the scariest, there's a lot of scary boxers inside of the ring, Chantel. You step in there and you immediately start to feel a little bit intimidated. It's already a fight, but they step into it and you're a little bit more anxious. You're just like, wait a minute. And you don't know what it is, right? It's that it's that fear factor. You're not fearful of the person, but you may be a little fearful of what they can do. When it comes to one of those men, Chantel, Arter better BF. Every fight that he's been in, he's knocked out every single person or stopped, stopped, got won the fight by stoppage. Is he the scariest man in boxing, Chantel? I think he's one of them. Right. Well, you got to mention knocked out everyone that he's fought 19 knockouts or stoppages, whatever. But the fact of the matter is when Arthur better BDF turns it up and gets into that next level, when he shifts to the next gear and he hurts you, it's a wrap. And you can hear every shot that he throws. Like he's throwing with power. And we've seen it time after time. The guy knows how to finish. And you could argue that he's one of the best finishers in boxing. The only thing that I'm kind of curious about is like, he's 38 years old. And it's like, when is that? father time going to catch up to him in that Anthony Yard fight Anthony Yard got some good hits on him you know landed on Archer better be and had some really good moments and it's just like when is this going to catch up with him and I don't think he might be the most feared because a lot of people are like well yo if he faces Beevil you know Beevil is going to outbox him or something like that but Archer better be definitely one of the most I think in a way is this most feared and scariest guy in boxing right now because what Inouye is doing is absolutely crazy. I would say he is the scariest guy. He's knocking out everybody. His body punches are lethal. And you're just like, this man has ridiculous power. So I'd probably go with Inouye. Better BF, definitely uh, number two, though. What about you? Do you think he is the scariest man in boxing? I mean, Better BF is definitely up there, but I think the scariest man in boxing is Deontay Wilder. And the reason I say that is because when I look at better BF, I know he is setting up his shots where he wants to hit. Well, not me. I'm not getting in the ring with none of that, but <laughs> hit hits them, right? He's setting them up in the way. And he is a guy who he's going to punish you and he wants the fight to stop. He doesn't want to continue beating you up if that's the case. You know, he was talking about Anthony Yard. He was like, man, I was I was glad that they stopped the fight because I didn't I, I don't want to kill anybody inside the ring. So he's conscious of that inside the ring. But Deontay Wilder, who said, I want to kill a man in the ring. Deontay Wilder, every single shot, when it is a power shot, I still remember what he did to Bermain Stavern. The way how he decapitated Stavern, I was thinking to myself, yo, there is this, like, in the ring, Wilder is evil inside the ring like that power like he's trying to take off of your head 
I would rather yeah. get into the ring and take a shot from better BF than I would go into the ring against a Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder <laughs> I may not get up from. I are there BF? Yeah, I may I may be buffed up. I may ha still have to go to the hospital. I may be having to get my <laughs> oxygen checked. But Deontay Wilder, I may not wake up, Chantel. So for me, the scariest man in boxing to me is Deontay Wilder. Uh, point blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you think is the scariest person in boxing today? Let us know in the comment section below. Going over from scary and moreover to <laughs> a great boxer. I'm just, I know, I'm just going to say, man, I think both those guys put either of us asleep. I'd be oh, dead. Easy, easy. <laughs> Face busted. Need, I need to reconstruct my face or something like that. You know, these guys are ridiculous. But I, I like the Deontay Wilder pick. Both of these, both of these are they're they're folding us up like lawn chairs, Chantel. But that's besides <laughs> the point. We're not getting into the ring with them. Ray Vargas, Chantel, and, and Oshaki Foster <laughs> are fighting this weekend. Uh, Vargas, who you know was coming up another division, Foster, pretty consistent at this division. What do you think about this fight, Chantel? Who do you think wins this one? This is a title fight for that vacant, what, WBC title? Yeah, the one that, um, this WBC super featherweight title that Shakur Stevenson had to give up, of course, because remember, he didn't make weight in his last fight, yep. the fight that you were at, he by the way. Um, good cook food. That's what he was doing. He forgot that he had <laughs> Mama's good cook food can't turn that down. Um, Ray Vargas and Oshaki Foster. I think this is going to be a really good fight. I kind of think it's going underneath the radar because it's Super Bowl weekend. But Ray Vargas, he's undefeated, 36 and 0, 22 of those wins coming by way of knockout. And Oshaki Foster, 19 and 2. Now, those two losses happened at 135 pounds. He's coming back down to 130 pounds for this fight. But also keep in mind, those two losses were like eight round fights and they were by decision. And one of them was a split decision. So Foster's never been knocked out before and he's never been dropped. He also has 11 wins by knockout. So he does have decent power in those 19 wins. And he's coming in on this one on a nine fight win streak. Like that's really impressive. Also motivation wise, I think he's going to be more motivated than ever because this is like his first big title shot, right? For a world title. So he's coming into this one and he's motivated. And I think he's really happy to get a chance. I'm actually happy to see him get this chance. He's very skilled. I think his best punch is his left hook, but I really like his right hand a lot. I think he has to use his jab a lot more in this fight, but he does get hit a lot. He gets hit a lot, man. Takes a lot of hits. As for Ray Vargas, the biggest fight that he recently fought was against Mark McSayo. And that was a fight where a lot of people thought Mark McSayo might win that fight. I think Ray Vargas was the underdog coming into that one. And uh, that was at 126 pounds. So like you said, he's moving up for this one at 130. He's super skilled. He's a really good counter puncher. He uses his jab really well. And I'm going to say he has a good chin. I know he got dropped in that fight with Mark McSayo. But Mark McSayo was landing like heavy shots on him. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say Ray Vargas has the chin because he lasted that whole fight. and ended up winning that fight. So the fact that he didn't get knocked out from Mark McSayo, who got real power, <laughs> that's really impressive. I know he got dropped, but hey, he was able to overcome adversity. So I'm all for that. Also, at the same time, like, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, and Nakeem knows very well, I love Mexican style boxers. I love the fact that they like to come forward. Ray Vargas is not like that. Like not he's like an unconventional Mexican boxer who um, plays it a little bit safe at times, can be a bit of a tricky fighter, but he's not like that come forward, aggressive style type of fighter. So this is stylistically a really good fight because I think it's going to come down to 
skill, but let's not sleep on Oshaki Foster's power because Ray Vargas gets hit a lot too. Like he took a lot of bombs from Mark McSayo, but I think Mark McSayo has more power than Oshaki Foster. Like I, I mean, that's debatable because they're in different weight classes, but I think Ray Vargas is going to work the jab. I think his work rate is going to be huge in this one. I think he's going to be landing to the body and landing some big shots. But I think Foster is going to have some big moments in this fight as well. And I think he's going to land that nasty left hook that he has on Ray Vargas. And I think he might have a moment where he might stun Ray Vargas because he does have power. But I think it's going to come down to the skill. Both of these guys are going to be landing a lot of shots. I think it's going to come down to who establishes the jab. Yeah. which is why I think it's really important for Oshaki Foster to really establish his jab in this one, Akeem. But I think Vargas is at the end of it when it's going to go down to the scorecards and he's going to end up outboxing Oshaki Foster. Um, but I do think Oshaki Foster is going to have some moments in this fight and I wouldn't sleep on him, but I'm taking Ray Vargas by decision. What about you, Akeem? Who do you have in this fight and how? Yeah, this one's happening at the same theater, the same place that Vargas won against Migsayo as well, too. So, you know, uh, you know, for for whatever that's worth, if it does come down to a decision. The Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And if it's a close fight, right? You know, Ray Vargas, man, as you just mentioned, Taylor, he is not the typical Mexican-style fighter. He is kind of like... He's kind of like a guy who is like... It's down the middle because he can come forward. He can put the pressure on. But he's also a thinker. He's not a guy who's going to take uncalculated risk. And I think even against Meg, Mark Megseo, one of the things that we were talking about as we talked about this fight was like, yo, you can't stand and trade with Megseo. Otherwise, you're going to fight his fight. And it was interesting because there were moments when Vargas did do that and he took it. Yeah. He, got, he got a shot on him, but he also gave two more. Right. He took one shot and he gave two more because he knew you can't let Mark McSayo just land one flush shot and you would not fire anything back because it's going to be like, yo, you're not going to intimidate me. And I thought he did a great job of fighting his fight, but also fighting when he needed to fight. There are moments in every fight, Chantel, that I think you can't just be a boxer. Right. There are some times where you're going to have to be a puncher, even if you don't have a lot of power, but you got to stand your ground. And the fact that Ray Vargas, when he got knocked down, that he got back up and did not become gun shy or was scared of fighting back, I think that says a lot about, one, his conditioning, but also his game plan and where his mind is at. And that's something that is great to see in championship fights against a puncher because it makes you feel confident at the fact that if you knock me down, I still got back up. And I didn't stray away from my jab or from my flurries of shots or from my hooks, from my movement. I still fought my fight. And I think that is what makes Vargas such a great champion at divisions before. You go over to Oshaki Foster, as you said. I mean, those two fights he lost was, was relatively like his ninth and his twelfth fight, if I remember correctly. So in a way, pretty early. You look at what he can do. You talked about him getting hit a lot. He does get hit a lot. And I don't really like that for him. He's going to, yeah. his boxing, you, you know, you're going to get a hit, but you don't want to take too many of those because the right shot, the right spot can be the shot that takes you out. But this is a guy who has very good fork. He's a good counter puncher in his last fight. He put on a counter punching display, right? And he got a 12th round knockdown in that fight to seal that win. But in the fight before that, when he fought uh, Miguel Roman, he knocked him down in the first round. 
but it was how explosive that he did it. Usually you don't really see a knockdown in the first round um, unless it's like, you know, sometimes the heavyweights where they're really just trying to knock you out. Usually yeah. guys kind of ease their way into it and they're not really explosive at the beginning, which is why they tell you before you come into the ring, you want to get a good sweat in. So your body is warm and man, he was ready. He was sharp in this recent fights. If you just, if you're just basing it off of the uh, resume, his resume doesn't stand up to what Vargas has been able to do. But if you look at his recent fights, man, he was sharp. He was fast. He was quick. The power looked good. He looked to get more confident as the fight goes on. This is a dangerous guy right now, Chantel, because he's fighting at a weight that he's comfortable at and hasn't really lost before at 130. Now you have Ray and you look at Ray and he's like, it's kind of lanky. It's not really like, doesn't really look strong, but he does have the reach. He does have the, he does have um, he does have pop and it's a tough one to say who's going to win Chantel. And I was thinking about, man, you know, uh, Oshaki Faust is probably the underdog, it, you know, the bets is probably nice that way. But then I saw Chantel, I saw this training video of Ray Vargas recently. And I was just like, oh my man, this man looks fast. <laughs> he looks yeah. sharp. And it is because I saw this video was a portion of it, but it's also because of how he's been able to perform in his recent fights. He can he can take a shot and get back up. He can be in adversity and find a way how to win the fight. We saw Oshaki Foster in some adversity earlier in his career. Has he learned how to be sticking to the game plan when it doesn't go his way against a top caliber fighter in a high pressure situations? He's done it before but he hasn't done it in a championship fight of this magnitude. So for that, Chantel, I'm going with Ray Vargas by decision. I also think for our betting listeners, as Chantel would say, maybe you sprinkle a little bit on Oshaki Foster as well too, because this isn't a guy that you'd want to count out by no means. Yeah. I think if there's going to be an upset this weekend, this could be one of them in my opinion, but point blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning this fight? Let us know in the comment section below before uh, we close out Chantel word of the week this week um, is, is instinct, right? When you hear the word instinct, what, what comes to mind? What does it make you think of? I think of intuition, right? Because I think everyone has a little bit of instinct and that always relays to intuition for me because it's like a gut feeling. Right. And I feel like, intuition is never wrong. So for me, it's always like, I always feel like I'm two steps ahead because I always, I have this thing called woman's intuition, Akeem, and it's real. Okay. It's real. Like the instincts are for real and it's always right. So my whole thing is if you're ever in worry, or if you're concerned about something, always follow your gut and always stick to your instincts because I would probably say 99.9% .9 of the time, it's always right. What about you? Hmm. Was there ever a time when it wasn't right? Or was there a no. time when you fought it? <laughs> um, I fight it all the time, right? Like, I fight it all the time because it's like, sometimes you, I mean, I I consider gut to be connected with heart sometimes. And sometimes your mind gets the best of you where you're like, oh, I don't think that's that that's what's going to happen or that's the right decision. So your mind plays tricks on you. But yeah. oh, I always like to go with my gut. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think instinct for me, you know, it, definitely is an inside thing. It it doesn't make me think about 
anything outside. It makes me think about how you nurture yourself, how you wire yourself. You know, it's when you, when I used to step on the line and wait for the gun to go, you don't, you don't think about the gun going, you think about the gun going, you're going to get left behind and you're, you're done. You're losing money. You're, you're on the highlights, you're on the internet forever and you're getting blasted. But instinct is trusting your preparation that will push you towards whatever it is you're trying to work towards. Right. And so it's one of those things where you have to know, as you said, uh, to listen to that voice inside, because sometimes that voice inside is the one that's going to help you make the long strides on the outside. So instinct is an inside job, right? And we all have it, but we just don't always listen to it. When you hear the word instinct, Point Blank would love to know what comes to mind. What does it make you think of? Before we close out the show, Chantel, uh, halftime show, Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, What is the, if there was, what is your favorite Rihanna song? Oh, that's too hard. I'm a big Riri fan, Akeem. Um, so I'm really excited. I don't I don't have like just one. Um, oh, I see. This is too tough. I would have to. What's yours? Like, I'm actually like, a really big we're Rihanna fan. Flipping. We're not flipping. Give me three. Give me three. Oh, three. Okay. Um, three. Let's see. I like work a lot. Um, that's a really good one. That's a classic one. Of course, Drake's on there. Um, I like um, Take a Bow, which is old school. And I love if from her first album, like If It's Loving That You Want. That song is really good. I like Pawn the Replay, too. I like a lot of her songs. Um, like I said, big, big Rihanna fan. So I'm excited to see who she brings out. I hope she brings out Jay-Z and Kanye for Umbrella. Mm. Does Drake come out? We know Drake is coming. Well, no, no. Well, he should come out. But like after Rihanna got pregnant with ASAP's baby, he unfollowed her on social media. Ah, business move. Business move. <laughs> business move. I think Drake should come out because they have like two really big songs together, right? Work and then What's My Name. So and then also they have Take Care and they have um, that other one that they have on Views. Too Much or some shit like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, Point Blank would love to know what... <laughs> Is your favorite? You guys your favorite. You guys your favorite Rihanna song, though. What do you want her to perform? Um, I want her to perform probably "Man Down." Yeah. Um, I would, I would like to see, I would like to see them perform "Work" because I think it's a massive song globally. But yeah. you know, as 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 you just said, I didn't even know that they stopped following each other on the ground. She don't even need Drake to do that song, though. Yeah, she doesn't need but, him to do that song. You know, she could just do it on her own. Yeah, but uh, you gotta have Drake on it. You gotta Drake's parts fire. Drake's parts fire. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta do it for the people. We gotta do it for the people. Point blank would love to know what is your favorite Rihanna song. Let us know in the comment section below. So, with all that being said, uh, first and foremost, again, as Chantel said at the beginning, we thank each of you for tuning into the podcast and checking out the show on YouTube. Where you're watching it visually, I believe we're at 350 subscribers on YouTube. You know, we want to get to 500, 600, 700, maybe a thousand by the year's end, and we definitely need your help to get there. So, thank you again for listening and for tuning in and for your continued support. With all that being said, I'm Akeem Haynes. I'm Chantel Chance. And this is Point Blank. We'll see you next time.